0: name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, I'm not going to preach from the epistle today. You know, epiphany is one of my favorite seasons, right after Christmas. Epiphany which means divine manifestation, is so full of hope and fulfillment, so much drama, and so many stories. We begin with the three wise men who find Jesus as a baby. Last week we see Jesus at 30 years old being baptized by John, and the heaven opened and God saying, You are my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. In the Gospel of Philip, which was found in Egypt in 1945 and is part of the Nakh Hammadi Library, which did not make it into the Bible, we see Jesus coming out of the water laughing. Is that not a great image? When do we see Jesus laughing? I love that image, Jesus laughing. And I wish we had more images of Jesus laughing, because I can't believe that he didn't spend some time laughing when he was on earth. And today we jump to Jesus starting his ministry. I say jump because last week we read from Mark, and today we read from John. If we had followed Mark, we would have experienced Jesus after being baptized, going into the wilderness a time for discernment. I don't know about you, but for me it was very helpful as, as we were doing the Bible challenge and it was to follow the Bible from the beginning to the end. No jumping. And I think that you also do that in Bible study. Maybe not the whole Bible, but at least you go chapter by chapter. <clears throat> in other words, we have a story that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. I did not realize how much it bothered me to take little stories without beginning and end, and it usually takes things and stories out of context. It, all, it was also helpful for me to know that Jesus went into the wilderness to discern what he had to do next. Because I believe that every time you and I need to make an important decision in life, we need to think, we need time of silence, and we need time to wrestle with what we need to do. Richard Rohr, in his book Silent Compassion, Finding God in Contemplation, says, Without silence, we had not really experienced our experiences. We have many experiences, but they do not have the power to change us, to awaken us, and to give us the joy that the world cannot give us, as Jesus says. End of quote. Rohr also says, The soul does not use words, it surrounds words with space, and that is what I mean by silence, he says. I don't know if any of you have noticed that after the sermon, is finished, we pause for a short instance so we can give space for that experience before starting the Nicene Creed. Jesus went into the wilderness after he was baptized, according to Mark. He needed to make sure to listen to God, to be with himself in silence, and determine if he was strong enough to do what was expected of him. Without silence, it would not have been possible for him to hear and discern. Then and just then did he begin his ministry. After he was tempted three times, he knew he was strong enough. And I am assuming that after 40 days of silence and listening, he was ready. And now I'm going to ask you, how did Jesus begin his ministry? The what? Well, I I think he began his ministry after being out in the wilderness by calling his disciples one by one. He calls them by name because the reality is we can't do ministry by ourselves. Not even Jesus. He needed. This community around him. And he tells them today in our passage, follow me. That's what he tells Philip. No explanation as far as we know, just follow me. And you know what the amazing thing is? Is that they do. They must have seen something extraordinary in Jesus. Philip seems to have seen that because he tells his friend Nathanael, We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophet wrote. I guess Philip did not have what Jesus had because Nathanael did argue. And he made this statement that we have heard so many times Can something good come out of Nazareth? Pretty judgmental, don't you think? I don't know what Nazaret was like at that time, but it seemed that Nathaniel did not hold it in very high esteem. So Philip just says come and see. Have you ever met a person that you just knew was holy? It is not very often we do, but if and when it happened it is magical. I met a person who like that for sure once. It was a Catholic nun. I did not know she was a nun because she dressed just like the rest of us. We were making a circle for prayer and I had Sister Joan next to me. We held hands and at that moment I just knew that this was a special, more than a special lady. And I was right. She was holy. And as I got to know her better, I discovered that she was so full of love and compassion for everyone and for everything around her, and people wanted to be in her presence all the time. This was more than 40 years ago, and I still remember it as it was yesterday, both this wonderful lady and the intense feeling of holiness. Nathanael goes with Philip to meet this person, and because of what he said, he probably had already all kinds of ideas and prejudices in his mind. Yet Jesus talks to him, tells him he is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. This must have stopped Nathanael in his tracks. What does he answer to that? And he asks, where did you get to know me? And as Jesus tells him, I believe that Nathaniel has a profound moment of feeling the divine in Jesus. And it could not just have been the words Jesus used. Because if I say to any one of you, you are a wonderful person and are living a righteous life, that would not have elicited the response that Nathaniel gave Jesus, Rabbi, you are the son of god it must have been one of those moments full of magic and mystery and to make it better jesus assures him that he will have more moments like that and will see heavens opened and angels of god ascending and descending upon the man upon the son of man jesus is laying out his ministry he is promising divine moments to his disciples and to all of us, invi- by inviting us in to be part of him. So I hope that each one of us will say yes with capital letters to Jesus when he asks to follow me. This is what epiphany is all about, is it not? Recognizing the divine love when it is manifested. <coughs> And if ordinary people like Philip and Nathaniel can see this love, so can we. No wonder I love Epiphany. It is a, a magic time, and it's full of wonder. And I would like to end with a quote from Dostoevsky from the Brothers Karamazov. It says, Love people even in their sin. For that is the semblance of divine love and it is the highest love on earth. Love all of God's creation, the whole and every grain of sand of it. Love every leaf, every ray of God's light. Love animals, love plants, love everything. If you love everything, you will perceive the divine mystery in things. Once you perceive it, You begin to comprehend it better every day. And you will come at last to love the whole world with an all-embracing love. Amen.